Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. We got a full panel here today on the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of this podcast alongside me on the panel today, Vinny Duber back from Arizona. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer and the men in the middle. First, Jared Willis in the CHGO shirt. You're not wearing a CHGO shirt. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Willis. Uh, Wise instead of eyes on Twitter. He's our CHGO baseball uh, writer uh, covering both the Sox and the Cubs. And that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Actonroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, and uh, Herb's, you're famous. Famous at what? I don't know. Um, okay. Apparently, MLB The Show. And you're, you're talking about your, your yes. skills and all that today? I'm really good at the game. Yeah, I'll I'll beat you, Joey. Yeah, and it he, would not be a, a so contest. We had like ten questions for Vinny to bring to spring training, and one of his was like, "Oh, who can beat me at the show?" Uh, Vinny didn't get around, around to asking yeah, it. Yeah, because it's not a it's a not a serious question. Our guy uh, <laughs> Frank German, uh, you know, was tweeting about his uh, MLB the show skills, and I'm trying to get Herb to tweet at him, and he won't. Yeah, but he probably I know he plays uh, Madden or? and he plays 2K a lot. I'm not too good at those two games, but. I've dedicated my uh my what are that video gaming to baseball because I'm actually kind of good, not the best. I was top a thousand last year. Again, go go beat Franklin German and uh, you know I, or, or, I set the the bar. I set the invitation out to Franklin German. You did via Twitter today. Yeah, I was like, I heard you gave a little bit, cat. Come on, get your loss when you when you're ready. <laughs> you tweet, did you actually tweet at him? Yeah, did you check my my second to last tweet. Let's go. It's yeah. I oh sent hell that. yeah. To Frank German. I didn't think that and was real. That's how we, we found his name is Frank German, right? It is Frank German, yes. So, uh, you know, obviously with a, a lot of players, there's a pronunciation guide that comes along with uh, their name when they are acquired. And, hey, right there in the uh, press release when the Sox made that deal uh, uh, for, for the former Red Sox pitching prospect, there it was, pronunciation guide, German. Yeah. Frank German, born in Queens. <laughs> From New York. Uh, yeah, we got a, a fun CHGO White Sox today. Uh, hopefully, uh, we could bring you Herb and Frank German playing there together. There's right and, there. There's my tweet. Uh, <laughs> still can't believe you tweeted at him. Was it me just poking, yes, poking at you? Yes. All right, good. You're like, hey, are you, you going to challenge him? It's like, finally, yeah, well, I will. And I didn't think you did that you know, before the show. So now I'm glad that uh, you know, we're bringing it up and you actually did it. So there we go. Uh, peer to, pressure works on her. Yeah, I, we don't have to peer pressure him on the show. Even better. <laughs> and anybody who's in the chat right now who wants it, come on through. Hey, and uh, what's up to the chat as well? Um, saying hello to everybody. M- Melissa, KPW, uh, our guy Steven, Matthew Lucas is always hanging out with us. Marco, uh, what's up? Connor as well. Uh, great to see all the familiar faces. Um, also, happy uh, Women's History Month as well. Um, the White Sox put out a nice graphic today with all the uh, uh, big uh, icons, women icons uh, of the uh, organization. Kim Ng, uh, current Marlins manager, uh, Bessie Largent, Nancy Foss, the former organist, uh, Grace Guerrero, who's a wit, uh, and Mary Shane as well, uh, one of the first female broadcasters. So, uh, you know, very, very cool. Uh, shout out to uh, all the women uh, getting their own month. Let's get some more. Let's see some more down on the south side. Damn oh, right. I, uh, more months for women. Oh, that, I mean, that, that sure, too. that also, yeah, but you can also I just that. mean nice, they, the White Sox have a nice list. Let's uh, let's make the list a little longer. Keep it going. Yeah. yeah, and as I, uh, you know, sometimes crap on the White Sox, all the time crap on the White Sox, they've done a great job with both minority and 
um, women hiring and making this uh, more of an equitable game for everyone. I mean, they have uh, what Sean Dunstan's daughter is one of the people who's running down in the minor leagues. Uh, and you've named the five people that they uh, highlighted today. So they've done a good job. They talk the talk and they walk the walk when that comes to that. Jasmine uh, Dunstan, Dunstan replaced Grace Guerrero as a wit, and she's now the uh, director of minor league operations. Um, so shout out to women in baseball. Um, we do want to get into uh, the men of the Chicago White Sox today. We're going to talk about the lineup. Uh, shockingly, on Twitter, uh, the lineup's getting some traction. You know what, Sean? It's 55 <laughs> degrees outside. People are complaining about the lineup. It is officially it's, baseball season yes, in it Chicago. Is. It is here. I, I took a here. lovely walk, and I am so excited for baseball season in Chicago yeah. this year. Where'd you go? I took a nice walk today myself. Just around the, the, the park, the, the, the little neighborhood, uh, La Villa, mainly. Uh, over, uh, Just over. to the pizza place? Well, no. It's, oh, okay. uh, it's, uh, there's, there's this... Uh, uh, Historical part, apparently, uh, just north of Addison, uh, a little bit, what would that be, east of Pulaski, um, that's just kind of these older houses that were built in the 1800s and sure. 1900s. I know, I know what you're talking about. A, yeah. Oh, well, you said it was the, the restaurant. So There's a good pizza place over in that yes, in that yeah, yeah. part of town too. That's uh, the La Villa, but yeah, uh, probably got the name from it. Yeah, um, I was on the North Branch Trail today. Went up ooh. to the northwest side and uh, walked through what is in the summertime a nice forest, but today it's just sticks. It's not not the trail of the the branch of the river, right? You know, yeah, it's that oh, okay. one. Yeah, Did you, are you by the dome, the fire dome? Didn't get all the way okay. up up there, yeah. But this one, this one was it was nice. It was nice little some forest, Cook County Forest Preserve action. This is uh, specifically <laughs> for the Northwest White Sox fans. Yes, or, uh, yeah. if yes. you live on the Northwest side, <laughs> we're giving you walking tips. Well, and I also found too, like I got lost over by the fire dome, over by that that branch. Um, the studio that made Mortal Kombat is in Chicago yeah. just right over there yeah. I had no idea right yeah. by the WGN studios Midway Studios I didn't know that yeah it, no it's like never it made Mortal lesser. Kombat and NBA Jam and the game we have in the back NFL Blitz hmm. and I remember I moved into that uh, premiere movie for you know the, the rise and fall of Midway Games and the voice of uh, NBA Jam boom shakalaka you know he's on fire Tim right. Kittra was there. So, yeah, the, Chicago is a rich history of things that you just don't know. And, you know, walking on the north branch of the river, we had, there's a lot of history there. You were in the historic area of your neighborhood. Chicago is rich with history that people need to go and check out and don't uh, vilify the city as it's vilified on a national level. It's a beautiful city that's undefeated. It is a beautiful city. Um, NetherRealm Studios is the, the studio that's over there. They were founded in 2010 after Midway Games filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So I guess it is a little bit of an offshoot there of uh, Midway Games. Um, let's go into... Kind of a, a, a video game topic in the lineup. Um, everybody, you know, that's how people. That's how people treat it. So that's a good. That's a good segue there for sure. Everybody loves to have a little bit of control and uh, saying what they do with that control. It can make a little, per, you know, a person go uh, go kind of crazy with power. Um, I, a lot of people, you know, have suggestions, opinions. Some people, you know, saying Tim Anderson should bat leadoff today. We're going to try to figure out, you know, where the ideal spot is for each one of these guys. I do want to start though with you being in. Spring training in Arizona with Pedro Grafal, um down there for the first couple week and a half or so. Um, did he mention anything about the lineup? I know there's a lot of trade secret stuff uh, going on maybe uh, with the White Sox. I don't know if the lineup's trade secret or not, but we've seen some patterns, but I don't know if he you know, shed any light on it. Yeah, I think I mentioned it on, on, on our last show or, or, or maybe, you know, our first show back here um, or my first show back, I should say. But yeah, I asked him, you know, that day before that, or right before that first spring training game, hey, you know, have you been thinking about the lineup? So, you know, you've had the job for a few months kind of thing. And he said, been thinking about it a lot. And, uh, you know, he was doing what I think uh, Sean 
folks like yourself very much appreciate and pouring over the data to see who goes who goes best where, which how the puzzle pieces fit together the best in terms of looking at the numbers and stuff like that. And certainly he forecasted that that would be the way that he would make a lot of decisions uh, when he was introduced back in November. Um, and so I think his plan was to kind of roll out in spring training, kind of what he thought the lineup was going to be. Obviously, that can't be the case every day because, as we saw in the first spring training game, you know, there were a couple regulars who weren't playing, right? They had they had most of the lineup, but not all of it together. As you go along in spring training, that's going to be the case. It's going to get even weirder once the WBC starts and, you're, and the White Sox are missing four of their starting players. Um, so there's only so much you can take from the lineups that you see during Cactus League play, but at the same time, I think, you know, he's not just throwing darts at the wall or just saying, all right, go out there and, you know, set your set yourselves up one through nines and, and it doesn't matter what happens. I think he's definitely doing things deliberately um, and uh, we'll see just how much come opening day things looked the way they did in the first Cactus League game. I think they probably will look pretty similar. Yeah. But of course... With Pedro, too, the thing you've got to remember is he is talking about being a looking-at-the-numbers guy so intently, every starting pitcher is going to matter. Every hand of starting pitcher is going to matter. Every uh, ballpark they play in is going to matter. And then, of course, you have the obvious up-and-downs of a season where, you know, if your cleanup hitter is off to a slow start and batting a buck fifty in, in by the end of April, you're not going to keep him there, most likely. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that go into a daily lineup. That's why they're always so different every day, and that's why everybody has complaints every single day. Well, and again, <laughs> that's why maybe the video game thing works is just because that your ideal lineup is when nobody's hurt or, you know, nobody's all hitting well, right? right? Everybody's everybody's hitting the way you expect them to hit, you know, so good that it doesn't matter what uh, pitcher you're facing, uh, you know, every single player is going to go out there and 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 do work. That's not always how it works out, as White Sox fans well know from watching this team last year. Right, and Jared and Herb, I know, like, a big part with the White Sox last year with Tony La Russa, and obviously he's gone, but, you know, 158 total batting orders last year. You know, fans wanted some consistency, and injuries made it tough to get that consistency, but do you think Pedro will be looking for consistency? Does consistency only matter at the top when you're dealing with Tim, Luis, Aloy? I mean, you know, what, what have you guys noticed in uh, baseball in general just when setting lineups and, and, and you know, what, what it comes down to? Well, I think there is a, a trend in baseball in general away from using really set lineups most of the time, I think there's a lot of teams that are doing a much closer look at, you know, who the matchups are, who the starting pitcher of the day is, and, you know, how players are performing, what kind of trends they're seeing. Um, and so I think pick any fan base, and they're all looking at their lineups from day to day and, and kind of like lamenting the loss of consistency. And so I certainly don't think that that's unique to the White Sox. Um, but I do think there's a a balance to be had or a, a fine line to walk between 158 different lineups and having some kind of consistency. I tend to lean toward, you know, have some guys who are established maybe in those first four or five spots. You want that to be pretty consistent and you can play around a little bit with, you know, six through six through nine. But um, yeah, I, I think there's, that's ultimately, that's what we're going to see with Pedro. I think is as the weeks go on, come the start of the season is how does he adjust based on player performance? How quickly does he decide to move somebody down the order or move some things around based on how guys are performing? Um, but yeah, if there's a hope that we're going to see some regular 
lineup on a really consistent basis. I just I don't think it happens anywhere in the league. And yeah, I think uh, to piggyback what Jared said, you need. I think you need continuity. Not every day where they're even if the player is off that day, you just put his replacement in that spot. But they're creatures of habit, just like the bullpen guys, just like the starting pitchers are. They know what they're going to do every day. And if they're in the lineup and they know, hey, today I am batting third. If I'm Luis Robert, I'm batting third today. If I'm in the lineup, cool. And if I perform, I'll be here at the three spot. And I think players like that. But, uh, you know, nowadays players get a lot of days off, which I think is good. You need uh, to have rest for optimal performance. So Pedro will have to deal with that. I hope also he talks to his coaching staff, which I'm sure he does, and the players themselves. Where are you comfortable at? What would you like to hit? If you give me three, four choices, maybe I'll put you in these spots. But, you know, I think he does have a collaborative type of uh, style of managing. And so I think that would work out for the, for the team. But I believe in my heart of hearts that having the sameness of the lineup, at least, you know, as Jared and uh, Vinny have said, like one through five is kind of the same. The same people are in the lineup, and they know that they're hitting behind Luis Robert. They're hitting behind Andrew Vaughn, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think those days are gone. I think Jared's absolutely right. I mean, all you got to do is look, you know, to the north side of the city. Joe Madden won a World Series tinkering with things every single day. Um, I just think that's how baseball works these days, and I think that when fans look at that, and want consistency, they're completely looking at it from that fantasy baseball video game type type of attitude. And listen, I, I think if your team is good and all your hitters hit, then yeah, go ahead, set it and forget it, and you'll have success doing that. But, um, you know, as these guys, these managers look for every last possible advantage, and these mm-hmm. stat departments look for every last possible advantage, and they see that, uh, you know, nine days out of ten, Player X batting fourth and player Y batting fifth is the way to go. But on day 10, if there's 1% batting difference between player five and player four, flip them. You know what I mean? I, th- I think I think that uh, the whole we need consistency thing, that's, that's calling for a, an age that does not exist anymore. It is weird, though, because I do remember after the Cubs won the World Series, it felt like some of the, even their veteran players, and I don't know if it was with David Ross or maybe it was the last year of Joe Madden, like they actually were kind of calling for more consistency. So I, I, I'm maybe it is something that just kind of comes and goes. Um, and it not, happened, it, too, because Dexter Fowler left after the championship year, yeah. and then they just kept on trying to find different uh, leadoff hitters, Schwarber or Rizzo and different players that never really worked out how they envisioned it to do. And then, you know, everybody's like, well, losing Dexter Fowler is why we're not winning as many games and scoring many runs that we used to have. And if you have that mindset, whether it's true or not, you're going and you're operating on that mindset. And so maybe to you it is true. So I just think if if they wanted to, if they were feeling like, hey, we need to have more consistency, I would like it. But I don't think this lineup, especially with the injuries, can have a consistent lineup every day. I would love it, though. Yeah, and again, if there are no injuries, I think everyone will be just happy in, in general just because, you know, you'll at least be saying the same names in there and maybe the number might be a little bit different. Uh, right now, what we have been seeing, at least at the top of the order, uh, Anderson 1, Robert 2, Benintendi 3, Jimenez 4, Moncada 5, Grandal 6. Um, today, Burgers played... Uh, 
uh, first base and he batted seventh. Uh, Colas in right field, he was the DH. Um, well, actually, no, Colas in right field. Uh, Jimenez was originally supposed to be in right field, but then uh, Colas and him switched. Uh, and then Andres ninth. Um, so we'll get into a little bit more about the ideal lineup and if that is the ideal lineup for Pedro Grafal and the White Sox in 2023, we'll have a little bit of a discussion, a chat, like where these guys should bat. But we got to let you know about our two, uh, two of our ad- advert. I don't know why I said this. Uh, we got to let you know about Roman. A lot of guys want a better sex life. About 50% of men have systems that get symptoms that get in the way of wanting or enjoying sex. And if you want a better sex life, you're not alone. Again, if it's 50%, I guess now my number's off because there's a fifth guy here. But, you know, if it's two out of four, you know, if there's four people, about two out of, two out of four, uh, okay. folks, it's just math. Uh, but Roman is here to help. They're the digital <laughs> health clinic for men addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that it helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed as well. And with men in low T, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help increase your libido. Roman offers testosterone tests, which include lab processing. And if it's appropriate for you, treatment for low testosterone. There are no waiting rooms, no hassle, and straightforward digital experiences from the comfort of your home. Uh, Everybody likes hanging out in their shorts, their boxers, right? You don't want to be hanging out in a a doctor's room with somebody you don't know, uh, poking around at you, putting cold metal objects on you, right? You know? You could just hang out in your couch and talk to a doctor that way. Yeah, that wouldn't help with your erection if you're putting cold things on you. <laughs> no, shrinkage, folks. Uh, if medication or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly right to your door. Everything arrives in discreet, discreet packaging with free two-day shipping. So, again, uh, check out Roman, uh, and you can check them out at ro.co slash chgo to get 20% off your first entire order. That's ro.co slash chgo. Um, so thank you to Roman for uh, sponsoring this podcast. Also... Baseball fans, it's baseball season. Get your latest fantasy baseball news from RotoWire, a pioneer of fantasy sports for over 25 years. Clean sheets, custom player rankings to fit all leagues, rotisserie points, 10 category, 30 category, etc. Let their expert analyze their the wild baseball stats for you, um, like we try to, or I try to, like weighted runs, career plus, barrel rate, sleepers, prospect rankings, hard hit rate, etc. Um, their mock drafts galore um, have... Uh, a ton of help for you. There's an ax- the asp- expert function. They have premium fantasy draft kits, custom start sit data, add drop data as well, trade advice, and lineup optimizers, which we're trying to do right now. Um, we should be using uh, our friends over at RotoWire to help us with this experiment. Access to fantasy and daily fantasy stats and sports betting articles at well over at RotoWire. It's not just baseball, it's fantasy advice on everything from golf, soccer, NASCAR, and the XFL. So for a limited time, RotoWire is offering a free two-day trial to our listeners. Just go to rotowire.com slash chgo to register. No commitments. They are confident that you'll like their project and want to invest in a subscription plan that they don't even ask for a credit card up front. So take a peek behind the paywall, and when the trial is done, you can decide if a a RotoWire package is right for you. So again, go to rotowire.com slash chgo to register, and again, there is no commitment. It's a two-day free trial to try to optimize your baseball lineup and hey when you're about to go into your your main baseball league head over to rotowire.com slash chgo and get that edge let Um, me ask you something about fantasy baseball do do any of you guys have played fantasy baseball recently yes i i I used to because i did way back when i was in like you know high school and college Mm -hmm. and stuff like that is fantasy baseball stat categories now advanced ones no it's still batting it's, average. It's, and it's, it's still base. the same. Okay. Ones. Well, I mean, there's like, well, like you could do different leagues too. Yeah, right. like rotisserie. Like, I mean, you could choose what you want, but like, I mean, the thirty cat. I think that includes, um, like, some advanced numbers as well. Okay. Because um, I know, you know, as as time has gone on, people prefer to cite some of those. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. what you just talked about, weighted runs created plus, and all of that. And I'm curious if that is kind of 
bled into fantasy baseball as well. I don't it's, think I've seen much of that. I think in some of the traditional fantasy platforms, I don't think so. It's still like hits, batting average, stolen bases, things okay. like that. Um, but maybe in some of the more intense leagues, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I think mainly the expert help that Rotowire is offering. Well, that, certainly. Uh, I was just is, more, yeah. Is, is mainly just probably based on projections, trying to figure out like who might break out of a slump, sure. who might not break out of a slump. I, I don't really think it's mainly for the, uh, the categories. Because again, like, you know, uh, I, I would love if all of Tim Anderson's uh, line drives were counted towards runs uh, in, in real baseball, but, you know, that typically doesn't work out. So I, I think it's, it's still based around the, the traditional stats. And, you know, I, I usually not, don't like having RBIs as a, a stat in my, like, Roto uh, fantasy baseball just because I think it's a stupid stat, but um, I think it's more likely that you'll still find, like, RBI uh, included in a fantasy league over, you know, way to runs created plus or something like that. Sure. Or, but I know, like, slu- like OPS and slugging is, have been used in, 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 uh, in fantasy. And I so. hate the category ones uh, for me. I just like the win or loss that week. Did I win the most categories? Give me a win. If I lost, yeah. give me an L. Because it's like you win 17 and you lose, what, 13. It's right. like, ugh, enough. Yes. My, my give me a win that, win that week or give me a loss. A tally one side or the other. Yeah. Keep it simple. My record at the end of the year was 210, 255, yeah. Yeah. and 3. Yeah, too um, much. Yeah. That's not very good. No, yeah. you know, a bad, bad year in the fantasy <laughs> league. I should have used Rotowire. Um, let's get into the ideal lineup for the Chicago White Sox. Also, too, uh, all of us are drinking Goose Island today because uh, beer is water, folks. Um, you don't need water when uh, beer exists. Um, so there you go. It's, um, much more be- it's better than water, too. Let's Don't start. let anybody tell you any different. No. Water's I mean, gr- it has water in it. Water's gross. Yeah. Come on. I mean, have you ever heard of any... St- no. Have you ever... I, know, I, I you see don't your like look. water? I, 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 <laughs> I see the look on your face. Have you ever seen any studies being like, oh, beer has lead in it? No. What? Like water... There's always tests about like cities' water uh, water lines being like, oh, there's lead in the water. Oh, there's all this harmful well, chemical. The pipes I mean, are made of lead. That's why. If beer we had clean. beer that could, can't come out of the sink, Beer's we would clean. have the same problem. Well, also, it would be tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can get behind that. I think Goose Island's working on it. Um, let's jump into the lineup talk here, and we'll start off with the easy number, number one here. Uh, Tim Anderson has been the leadoff hitter for the Chicago White Sox since 2020. Does Pedro Grafal or any version of the White Sox lineup not include Tim Anderson at one? We'll start with any. Tim Anderson uh, obviously should be the White Sox leadoff hitter. I know there are some folks out there who uh, you know would prefer somebody with a little bit more on-base uh, aptitude outside of just getting hits. But um, everything that Tim Anderson does for this White Sox team starts with him starting the party at the top mm-hmm. of the lineup. Um, you know, this is a, a guy who has already won a batting title, could very well win another one. Um, all you got to do, poke that ball in the right field like Tim Anderson does very, very often, and uh, you got a guy on first base to start off the game. So um, let's all remember that, uh, you know, the lineup only really matters uh, in the first inning, and then somebody's going to get out at some point. You're going to have a new leadoff hitter uh, the next inning. But uh, listen, Tim Anderson is the energy of this team. He's the attitude of this team. Let him get things started. And in some ways, I think, you know, we referenced Dexter Fowler already, but I think he has a similar quality for the White Sox in that Dexter Fowler was the you-go-we-go guy for the, the Cubs however many years ago. Um, maybe not quite the same way, but I think Tim Anderson, Vinny, like you said, he's, he's the energy for that team. And I think sometimes when, when he's not right, you see that kind of that ripple effect down through the rest of the lineup. Um, 
So, yeah, I like him at the top because you know he's going to hit. He's going to hit well. Um, he's got some power as well where he every once in a while he might start you off with a run right out of the gate. Um, but especially as the lineup wraps around too, Vinny, like you said, to have a guy who hits as well as he does who might be able to move runners along in some of the later innings. So, yeah, I see no reason not to have Anderson at the top. And you talk about, you know, the idea of kind of that stereotypical leadoff hitter that has some speed. I think Tim Anderson might benefit from the uh, from the new the new rules involving pickoffs and bigger mm-hmm. bases and all of that too. I mean, this is a guy who has a couple times over the last few years kind of gotten off to a base stealing spree, right? And then an injury has come along and stopped it or 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 you know, just any number of things. Maybe this is maybe this is helpful in Tim Anderson on, uh, from a base running standpoint too. Well, and there was an interview I think it was either with Barstool or Chuck where Tim was basically like they don't they're not letting me steal as much as I'd like to. So I don't know if twenty twenty two yeah the, the White you. Sox themselves uh, I don't know if uh, Tim feels a little bit differently. But yeah, one hundred and four stolen bases to twenty five caught stealing uh, thirteen uh, out of thirteen last year he was he was perfect. Yeah, out of any of the positions that he's played or the positions in the batting order that he's played with any significant time first second or I think seventh. First is his best OPS uh, position. He's hitting uh, 777 OPS-wise in his career, batting first. Yes, I would like a person that would be more on base, more um, consistently on base, because he's only in his career on 32, 33% of the time as a leadoff hitter. But as these gentlemen have just said, he stirs the drink. He's the straw. He starts it off properly for the White Sox there's no, and there's even if you did want to move him out of that position which is very egregious there's no one really you could put in that position that has done it before and done it at a high level and done it well I know you're going to say Alvis Andres last year but that's a short sample size I don't know if Alvis Andres is that guy anymore so yes Tim Anderson I think consensus that we're going to have him probably first in our lineup yeah Tim Anderson uh out of active players who have stolen 100 bases, he is one of 12 with uh, a stolen base percentage over 80. Um, so Whit Merrifield, Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson, Lorenzo Cain, A.J. Pollock, Paul Goldschmidt, Billy Hamilton, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, Alberto Mondesi, Trey Turner, and Mike, Town- uh, Mike Trout. Mike Turner. Uh, Mike Trout are your elite base stealers. So many Royals on that list. Hey. Past uh, and present. Uh, what, Mondesi. Or mostly past. Mondesi, Hamilton. Hamilton Kane, Kane, Whit. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah, um, and LCDS Escobar is a seventy nine point eight two. So there you go. Um, it, it, maybe it's something Pedro, Pedro Pedro in the waters. He's, he's coming over. Um, yeah, I, I think Tim Anderson easily number one. I did see someone uh, on Twitter be like, "Oh, Tim should bat fourth um, to play a little Oof. bit of devil's advocate Oof. here." Um, Baseball Musing has a lineup analysis um, where you fill in on-base average and slugging percentage, and they kind of throw out the uh, best lineup for runs per game. The best lineup has Tim Anderson batting second, and not a single one of the best lineups has Tim Anderson batting first. It's all either Grandal or Benatendi, mainly because of their ability to get on base. Um, So if we are going straight analytical um, off of what the computer spits out, Tim Anderson's probably best spot is fifth. Um, but I think all of us taking the human element in, uh, Tim Anderson, I mean, we stick talk had, I mean, the, the whole slogan was based around Tim Anderson for about three years. Um, I, I agree with the whole, and he uh, was our starting all-star shortstop last year. So how much better can you be? Right. Yeah. And especially if he's healthy again, you know, him going to the, uh, <laughs> the right field is uh, dangerous. So we'll put Tim Anderson at number one for now. Uh, number two, what do you guys like to see in a two hitter? Uh, Herbal, I'll start with you. I'm going to go with Andrew Benintendi. 
multiple reasons. As you just stated, he gets on base. Last year, walked a ton, was a 370 on base percentage. He knows how to, I mean, he adjusts his game. He knows how to get on base, and he has the hit tool. And he's a left-handed hitter, so it switches up that Tim being a right-handed hitter, him being a left-handed hitter, and then my next guy would most certainly be a right-handed hitter. And you break up, and I think somebody was talking about it, the free swingers. Tim is not going to be taking walks. Neither is Luis Robert behind him, if I had my druthers. So you get a guy that's a little bit more patiency and a little bit more pitches in Andrew Benintendi, and I think that would be optimal for the White Sox. And also, I think it will be good for if we're trying to base steal. With a lefty at the box, and he's trying to go to second, that throw is a little bit harder if Andrew Benintendi's still in the box right there and you're making that throw as the catcher. You can uh, help your uh, your uh, shortstop out stealing more bases that way. So I would put Andrew Benintendi in my optimal lineup at two. Yeah, I feel the same way, and a lot of that does come down to, um, especially in the first two spots in the order, but that number two guy, I like somebody who I know I can rely on to get a quality at bat um, in some form or another. Somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm okay with a more aggressive hitter up first. Um, if you've got them followed up with somebody who is, is going to draw out the at-bat a little bit more, see a lot more pitches, that sort of thing. And I like the, you know, go righty to lefty, one to two. Um, before you get into, like, your number three hitter who's got some more power, one of your better hitters in the lineup. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Ben Benintendi second. And I think kind of going back to where we started, of the spots in the lineup where I want to see as much consistency as possible, to me – I think it's those two especially. It's Anderson, Benintendi, and I think you can play around a little more from there. I think Benintendi is probably the best answer here, but I think the White Sox have a ton of guys that could fit very well into that spot if things play out a certain way. I'm going to bring up two names that the fans are going to go crazy because of the years they had last year, but Yasmani Grandal and Yohan Moncada, if they play up to their potential, if they show the uh, base uh, or the on-base ability that they have shown throughout their careers, or you know, throughout their careers for Grandal, sporadically more so for for Moncada, those guys are ideal number two hitters. I mean, man, you talk about making the pitcher work. Grandal's going to do that every time. Ta's on first base. The guy's worried about Ta stealing a base, and then you got Grandal, who's going to see five, six pitches in an at bat. I mean, that's that to me seems like a pretty ideal situation. That being said. Okay, let's say Grandal walks. If your number three hitter comes up and knocks a double, is Grandal scoring from first base? No. Right. You know what I mean? So there's that speed element in there too. Um, ben Intendi uh, has been hyped, uh, has been described as a guy who can do a lot of things on the base paths. So maybe you want to put him there for the same reasons that I was just talking about TA, you know, maybe benefiting from these new rules on the, on the base paths. Ben Intendi might do a similar thing and maybe be more aggressive out there more heady out there in terms of where he can get, uh, uh, you know, moving from first and around the around the diamond. So I think Benintendi's the way to go, but there are a lot of people the White Sox could put there. I also don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have Luis Robert Jr. there because you put T.A. T.A.'s ability to, uh, to be aggressive as the leadoff man immediately puts pressure on the pitcher and the opposing team. Then repeat that with Luis Robert Jr., right? And so you've got guys who have gone up there, boom, boom, knocked knocked the pitcher around, and all of a sudden he's in a jam maybe before he's even thrown five pitches. And again, you, this has to work, right? That's why right. we're saying ideal lineup. It can't be the type of situation we saw all, far too often last year. But 
I get the idea of really putting pressure on the other team right off the bat by putting those two guys back-to-back. That being said, I'd probably go Ben and Tendi. Herb, you talked about, uh, you know, uh, making the lineup a little bit more balanced with some left-handed hitting mixed in with all these righties. I think Ben and is probably the way to go. Yeah, I think, too, uh, we saw so many times where a right-handed pitcher is up and Tim Anderson and Luis Robert have about two pitches or three pitches they see to start a game because it's just, you know, hey, we're going to throw a right-handed slider to these two righties and they're going to have to try to <laughs> shorten up. And, hey, Tim Anderson and Luis Robert both injured last year, so probably made it a little bit easier to pitch to those two. But um, I, I do think that that is at least what Pedro is leaning towards just because we've seen that a couple times now in spring training. And I saw some people being like, oh, well, it's because they're in the World Baseball Classic. Well, Jimenez is batting fourth. He's in the World Baseball Classic. Andrew Benatendi's not in the World Baseball Classic. He's getting more at-bats than Jimenez and Moncada, who are batting fourth and uh, fifth. Like, I, I don't really think that's it. I, I think right now, if you had to ask me, like, what Pedro I think prefers, it I mean, he's showing, I think it's Anderson, Robert, Benintendi. Um, I, I agree that Benintendi should be batting second. I don't know if, you know, we think that he should be top three. Um, do you guys like the idea of Benintendi as a third hitter, if you like him at second hitter, or does it have to be that second spot, you know, for the on-base percentage? I think if you don't have him second, I'd move him even further down yes. the order. Probably, you know, $75 million dollar man. Yeah. I, I know. And that's But, yeah, I, I, then I'm looking at more like the five or the six spot. If he's not number two, then you got to bump him. Yeah, I would. Down. If he's not number two, I'm swapping like uh, Vinny said. I'm getting Mancada at number two. Yeah, I like either of those two at two. Grandal a little less. He gets on base more than anybody at his optimal power. But you know, will he be healthy? Yasmani Grandal being at the two, as Vinny said, it's a clog in the bases. At least with Johan, if you put him to, you know you're gonna get a little bit speed, and you it'll be 55 with, on a hundred scale fit speed. Which is good, which which will work for me. Yeah, Grandal's a zero. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I would say Andrew Benintendi for the most part would be ours. Yeah, if he's not two, I'm not having him higher than six. After that, okay. Well, what would be the two three ideally? If you're if you're putting you know whatever Pedro Garcia has put out so far, what you think? I mean, ideally, who is two three? I would go Benintendi Robert. Jared? I, yeah, I feel the same way. <sighs> See, yeah, I yeah. I want your best hitter at three, so the White Sox best hitter is not Robert. It could right. be their best hitter is Aloy Jimenez. Well, we agree with Benatendi second, so we'll put Benatendi yeah. second. Um, then we've had the discussion Robert versus Aloy. I think you're on Robert's side, quote unquote. Um, I, I think I was on Aloy's side. I think you were on Robert's side as well, right? I mean, I would discussion. just. I, I think. I think. The reason I would say Robert third is to bleed in the things that make him make sense as a higher in the order hitter to go along with what he's supposed to be, which is a guy who can hit for this, a similar type of power to a middle of the order hitter. So if he's a guy who really is a five tool, who has every offensive tool in the toolbox, go ahead and put him right there where it mm -hmm. all mashes together because he can be a productive player at in the third spot, whether he walks, whether he singles, whether he doubles or whether he homers, and then putting him on base ahead of Aloy Jimenez, boy, that ain't a bad thing, nope. right? I mean, if, if you want to yeah. give Aloy the best chance to drive guys in, put the guys on there who are going to get on, whether it's T.A. slapping a single to right, whether it's Ben Intendi who can get on base in a myriad ways, or if it's Luis Robert who, you know, might bang a double off the wall to drive in the first two guys. Well, now Aloy's got a, a, a runner in scoring position out there in Robert. So I just think that there's so many things that Robert can do. Go ahead and make him a 
top of the order hitter and a middle of the order hitter all at once by putting him in that three spot. I like the potential that that creates for a, for the White Sox to start with a really big inning because you can create jams for the opposing pitcher pretty easily, provided that you know all of that plays out the way that you want it to. Um, because you could be two, three runs down before you've gotten your first out with with that kind of a lineup construction, especially given what Robert can do sitting in that number three spot. Um, with looking at the lineup uh, configurator, computer, whatever, the lineup analysis, uh, 30 best lineups they, they, they've spit out, uh, 24 of them have Aloy batting fourth. Um, so oh, I do think he is the best hitter. Um, it, it, apparently, statistically, fourth is going to give you more RBI opportunities. So um, why not have all of the speed uh, or – speed if we want to let Ben Attendee in with Robert and Anderson. I think they, they're a little bit more uh, different athletes than, than Ben Attendee is, but uh, I do think it probably should go Anderson, Ben Attendee, Robert, Aloy, uh, one, two, three, four. Something I did find out too, um, Aloy Jimenez since 2020, the highest weighted runs created plus on the White Sox uh, when runners in scoring position, higher than Jose Abreu. Um, also too, Luis Robert uh, played appearances since 2020 with runners in scoring position. Only four more plate appearances than Liuri Garcia. Oof. So he's been up with runners in scoring position only four more times than Liuri well, since 2020. Liuri's played. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's, Luis yeah. has been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, it's, it's, I mean, I think, it, it, yeah, it's uh, hard just, to get those opportunities when you're not in the lineup. It's true. Uh, it's just, just shocking to see that. Uh, Liuri, Liuri's a fire. He's a warrior, though. I think our next one, um, we were all pretty much agreed that uh, Aloy is what batting fourth for us, batting cleanup. I think the fifth spot would be the part where I think we might differ on our opinions. Well, let's take a break and then get into that discussion. We got uh, leading off Tim Anderson at short, uh, batting second, Andrew Benatendi in left field, batting third, Luis Robert in center field, batting fourth, Aloy Jimenez. That's Luis Robert Jr., by the way. Luis yeah, Robert Jr. Jr. as well. Give his dad um, some credit for being born this offseason. But, <laughs> but also just credit, uh, Luis Robert's dad isn't on the team. So if I am referring to any Luis Robert on the Chicago White Sox, it can only be Luis Robert Jr. Because um, Luis Robert Sr. is not an employee of the White Sox. That is or true. Luis Robert Sr. Um, but yes, Luis Robert Jr., 88. I, um, always, I always say that about the um, when players have like senior on their jerseys. Like, I don't know your son. <laughs> unless your son's playing. Unless you're Ken Griffey. I don't know right. your son. I can think of one instance where you needed that. Aloy Jimenez. And then uh, DH, right? Yeah. yeah. DH, not, not right don't fielder. Put him, don't Aloy. put him as right oh, fielder. No, he's DH. DH. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I know he's played right field. No incidents less. What, two games in uh, spring training so far? Well, and, hasn't, but he hasn't tried to rob any home runs. No, I, think, I don't, I don't think he's yet. left his feet yet. <laughs> Maybe. And he's hitting Keep it too. that way. Keep it that way. He is. Uh, right now, the Sox, uh, top of the ninth. It's 9-6. to six. Uh, You got the, uh, the, the Guardians leading. Um, let's take a quick break, though. Uh, got to let you know about our great sponsors. Uh, first off, we're going to let you know about FOCO. Um, if you are looking to... Build out your man cave. FOCO is a fantastic website to check out. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams to get fitted in the best sports year round. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slipper signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Namar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, that's F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you hoodies, or got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. They've also got you covered, again, with fantastic, fantastic bobbleheads um, for every different sport. They even got college ones as well. A great, great catalog over at foco.com. That's F-O-C-O.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. If you're looking to 
go to a Bulls game coming up. They're next uh, at the UC on Friday. Hawks are next, next in town on Thursday. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, the 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it is possible. With the Game Time app, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. Again, Bulls and Blackhawks in town Thursday and Friday, so check out Game Time for the lowest prices guaranteed uh game time guarantees the lowest prices because it was created by the fans and for the fans if you love chgo then you love game time the best way to support us is by buying your link through the link buying your tickets through the link in the description during 15 million people have downloaded the game time app score the best seats to all your favorite events all right that fifth spot herb uh we already got anderson benatendi menez robert off the board is this where yasmani grandal comes in is this andrew vaughn uh i had i think you on mancata higher um and people said mancata needs to move down Who's here at five? For me, it's going to be Yohan Mankata. Just because, firstly, it would have to break up all that right-handedness. If you put another guy like Andrew Vaughn in there, three right-handers in a row, I'm not feeling that, especially late in the game when you're battling versus a pitcher. You don't want to just have a guy who's a right-hander to just shut your guys down. So Yohan Mankata, who can get on base, and if he can show the power that he showed in a couple of years subsequent, like 19 and 21, I think he'll be perfectly uh, suited for that spot and remember last year even though we struggled he did very well with runners on scoring position so that's a perfect spot for me for Yoan Mankata to hit as a lefty or switch hitter uh, in this White Sox lineup I know uh, Andrew Vaughn probably deserves it a little bit more because he's hit more consistently in the last couple of years but I think if I'm doing roster construction and lineup construction I got free swinger uh, patient hitter free swinger patient hitter, then I'm going with another patient hitter, and then go with a free swinger after that. So that six spot can be anybody uh, I could put in there, but I don't want Andrew Vaughn as another free swinger right there and another right-hander with a group of right-handers right, right in front of him. Yeah, I I agree, I think, because I like Moncada potentially as like a number two type hitter as well, somebody who I think you could move into that spot in certain lineups. There might be times when Moncada's is sitting in the number two spot because I generally think of the number five spot as someone who can, you know, ideally you've gotten your guys on base, you've driven them in, and then you need the next group of guys who's going to get on base again. And I like Mankata for that because I think he has that that ability. So after you get Aloy up there, hopefully he's, you know, cleared the bases and then you, you start it over again. Um, and then that sets up somebody like Vaughn a little bit deeper in the order. And two, Herb, like you said, when you can alternate between, you know, change up the handedness as much as possible, and Mokata gives you that as a switch hitter. Um, so if, because I am intrigued by the possibility of Mokata in the number two spot, but if we're keeping Ben Attendi there, I like Mokata five. Grandal. Yeah. It's got to be yes for me. I think uh, he does the two things that you guys just talked about in wanting out of a five hitter better than Yohan Moncada does. He's better at walking. He's got more power. And so if if your four-hitter doesn't come through, you still got ducks on the pond for the number five guy, Grandal can put the ball off the wall, out of the ballpark, drive him in, right? If you want if you want to restart things, right? If, if, if your four-hitter has driven everybody in, has cleared the bases, all right, you want to restart things? Well, how about the guy who's, gonna, who's got the best chance on the team of taking a walk? Uh, I think Grandal screams um, middle of the order again. Remember, this is ideal. This is Yasmani Grandal being the closer to Good. the 2021 version of himself, if not uh, you know, uh, uh, over the course of a full season. Uh, 
far more than it is him being last year's version of himself. Um, but yeah, if I'm getting all these guys at at good, great peak, I want Grandal number five. Well, and this is where I get annoyed. Um, you know, I, I see uh, Mets, and he's uh, a switch hitter too. Grandal's a switch yes. hitter, just like Moncada is. Yeah. Right, you get you get the lefty, you get the righty. Um, the one thing I'm annoyed is, you know, I get see Mets content creators tweeting out like exit velocities because they have a stat cast down in uh, Port St. Lucie. Um, I'm annoyed that we can't see like what these numbers look like. Grandal, um, in a couple of the at bats we've seen, he's been from the left side pulling the ball into right field. Is he pulling it with force? Is he pulling it with power? Um, you know, one of them was a little bit weaker than the other, but I would love to see you know how these guys look. Um, Mankata, you know, it's radio only. We didn't actually see the hit, but Karen check was up in the third inning. I think it was, and a nice sound off the bat from Yohan Mankata. It didn't get out, but, um, a nice contact off the curveball from, uh, Karen check. Who's, you know, a major leaguer boy. Nothing says, uh, nothing says spring training than Sean trying to discern the sound <laughs> off Mankata's bat from a radio broadcast. Hey, exit velocity. He's like, mm, 98. <laughs> yeah, that's old school in a way. Hey, I mean, it? you know, stat, stat cast, uh, it would, it would help me a lot here, but but again, like three years of producing baseball, you know what's a good hit and what's not a good hit. Um, you can't tell if it's foul or not, but uh, you can tell if it's yeah. it's good contact or not. If um, you're just going on exit yeah. velocity, maybe you just need the sound. Um, maybe, but I don't even uh, JJ says the Diamondbacks are the only team with Cactus with Statcast, but I, the, I mean, I didn't even see that yesterday. And the, they played it's probably easy to, at the Diamondback to, Stadium, I think, yesterday. Just to their uh, yeah, their right, spring right. training facility. <laughs> Proximity. The, camera. Yeah. Um, the radar from Chase Field just picks it yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're too close. Um, yeah, I, I think to your point, Vinny, um, you just look at the players remaining, Grandal, Vaughn, Mankata, Sheets, Andrews. If you're looking back to 2020 or since 2020, uh, Grandal easily has the highest on-base uh, percentage uh, out of these, uh, these this grouping. Uh, 358 since 2020. Mankata, 331. He's at second. So just the ability to get on is about, what, 27% or... I got 2.7% greater uh, than Makata, which, hey, it, it adds up over 162 games. So um, ideally, I would put Grandal. So you're a vote for Grandal. I'm a vote for Grandal. Makata? Have we swayed, any, have we we swayed we either s- of them? We split the room initially. I, Joey, um, I, you, you, you've, you're had a compelling argument, uh, Vinny, where Yoan does things better. I mean, uh, Yasmani does things better that we I gave Yoan credit for. So, yes, I would put then... Uh, Yasmani Grandal at fifth if we need to. Chat, feel free to break it up, but yeah, I think we might go with Yasmani Grandal at five then. Uh, for the only problem I, I have with Yasmani the there is just because <laughs> of um, being a catcher, his injury history, he won't play as much as the people up there who are pretty much going to play every day if they're healthy. Yasmani will be in and out of the lineup, and that position will be moved every once in a while. But optimal, as we say, yeah, if uh, Yasmani is the guy who show up in 2021 at the second half, hell yeah. Yeah. Give me yeah, that if every think, day of the week. If I'm picturing my my ideal, it's opening day, 75 degrees, the sun is shining. Wow. What is that? In, you know, in, April. in Houston. Ooh. It's in Houston. Oh, yeah. It's in Houston. Houston. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be in it Houston. It might be 75 but, uh, in Houston. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm imagining that scenario, then I'm not thinking about stuff like, yeah, because you're right. As the catcher, he's not going to play as often. And, you know, he's healthy. You hope for that. So, um, sure. Well, let's. I like the, the Grandel argument. Put him in five, bump Moncada down a little further. Absolutely. Uh, so let's let's have Grandal at five. Um, so we got Anderson Benatendi. I feel like I'm that name doesn't even register with me right now. Uh, Benatendi, uh, Robert Jr. Jimenez Grandal. Uh, so we're now deciding on six. Is it between Vaughn and Moncada here, or does Moncada take it? Jared, you you gonna know, stand up for your guy Moncada, or you know you kind of. 
you know, do you want to go lefty, righty, lefty if, you know, a righty's on the bump in this, this scenario? See, because of that, I think then that that pushes him down even more. I think I'm sliding Moncada all the way down to, like, number, number seven because um, I do want to get – I want Vaughn to be not super high in the order, but I don't want him all the way down at – you know, at the bottom. So I think I go, I go Vaughn, then Moncada from here. I would agree. I just think Vaughn has, again, if we're talking potential, if we're talking ideal, I think Vaughn has more power potential than what Moncada has shown us that, that he has to this point. So um, I would uh, have to say Vaughn is your first baseman batting six there just because he can continue this, this onslaught of power. And, and listen, this is nothing against you on Moncada. I think what this is showing is that, under ideal, healthy circumstances, the White Sox still have a, a lineup to be very impressed with. Yeah, uh, three players have a slugging percentage under 400 uh, It's since 2020. Uh, Grandal, Mancada, and Andrews. Uh, so Vaughn, Sheets, still bringing that power, um, even though it might not be super consistent. So um, I do like Grandal, Vaughn, Mancada, 5-6-7. Herb, any objections? I don't, and uh, I think Vaughn, if you watch... Vinny's interview with him or your piece you did, I think, in, in January on allchgo.com. You're, like, you're huge and high on, on Andrew Vaughn. So, yeah, he, for me, would bet nowhere uh, lower than six. So, yeah, I wouldn't put y'all's money. I wouldn't put you on there. That's why I tried to pigeonhole him into the five spot because I think he's going to have a good year. But I think Andrew Vaughn might have a better year than you on Moncada. So, yeah, I have no qualms with Vaughn than Moncada probably. And two, it seems pretty easy. I mean, if Moncada starts hitting well and Grandal doesn't, just flip the switch hitters. Um, I think that's pretty fair. And, you know, if Andrew Vaughn, is, his hard hit data comes out and starts showing um, and Robert's not hitting, I, I wouldn't be afraid to move down Robert. I mean, this is the, the mm. team that has the slogan, prove it. If you're out there proving it, I, I don't see why you wouldn't be rewarded. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the team was 81 and 81 last year. So if you're going to try to improve and, and you know, have the best lineup out there or try to win the most games, you know, go with what's right. So you would working. switch Robert and Vaughn if it, if Vaughn was having an ass-kickingly great year? Hell yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get him more <sighs> That's the whole point. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, we can sit here and do this, but we don't know what they're right. going to do once, once the regular season begins. And if Andrew Vaughn is having a season where he's the best hitter on, in the lineup, you don't keep him six just because that's where he was on opening day. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Aloy Jimenez, too. What I mean, I can make the argument probably for Aloy to be batting second. I don't know where you put Benintendi, but Aloy, I mean, he was the second best hitter behind Aaron Judge last year, uh, if you count from uh, July 6th. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. Uh, Aaron Judge is pretty good. Um, but if Aloy Jimenez is going to be that good, why not bat him second and have the guy, you know, get as many out-bats as possible? Yeah, all of this is, uh, uh, you fluid. know— what, yeah, right. And what do they say uh, can be can be changed at any time, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it will and will be changed. And we're about 29 days away from uh, 75 in sunny in Houston. In Houston so uh, wow. there we go. Uh, so seventh will be on Moncada, sixth, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, eighth, Larry Larry's kid? No, this is going to be uh, Oscar Colas. Yeah. Well, the, the right fielder. We could say the right yes. fielder. I would put the right fielder eighth. Yes, yes. absolutely. Just the Just right fielder. <laughs> right fielder du jour. Um, yeah, so Colas did have a hit today. Again, batter, uh, judging off of sounds Third from base. the radio broadcast, uh, it was a nice solid hit to uh, the opposite field. <laughs> um, it seemed a little bit harder than the other three that we've seen to the opposite field, but nothing uh, nothing jumping off the page with Colas highlight-wise or power-wise. Seems like he's uh, he's getting on base with hits, but again, he is a, he is a minor leaguer trying to make this team. I'm just enjoying the, the Sean cast of listening to the radio <laughs> and judging by the sound of the hit. Um yeah, I, I, I like Colas or whatever right fielder you're going to have there. Um, but in, specifically for Colas because he's, 
no major league at bats. You're talking about a true rookie here if he makes the team um, come opening day. So you put him in a low pressure spot, mm-hmm. bottom of the order. Um, you're you're there to get some at bats, get some experience, work your way toward getting comfortable in the major leagues. No pressure here. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned too, 29 days so opening day. That's a long time for Oscar Colas to to show Pedro and the coaching staff. You know what. What, right. where he deserves to be, what he deserves to be. You know, it, we, we've talked about the possibilities dating back months now. Maybe he has a terrible spring, but we've talked about the possibility of maybe he has a great spring. And I think both of those things are still, it's, it's still to be determined because there's an entire month left before they have to go to Houston. Right, what if he has both? What if he has a great week or horrible week to start off, a great week next week, a horrible week the week after that, and a that, great week after that? What do you do? That would be called baseball. No, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, love this game. Uh, then finally, Ellis Andres, he's been playing this game for a while. He fits in naturally there at nine. A second leadoff hitter. You all made fun of Tony LaRusso all season <laughs> last year, and now here we go. Elvis Andres, everyone says, oh, well, he bats ninth because he's the second leadoff man. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. I mean, but he that man had Andrew Vaughn at, at that spot way too much. It's like, I get it, but also, no, that guy is not a nine-hitter. Alessandris, Lurie Garcia, those type of players are nine-hitters who can turn the lineup over with a little power, a little pop, a little uh, on base. So I think that's a spot perfect for Alessandris. And if he was in an optimal spot uh, and Tim Anderson wasn't here like he did last year, lead off. If Tim's getting a blow, Take Elvis to the first first spot instead of moving everybody else everywhere else. Just move Elvis out and then put everybody else down. Well, and so what? You were mentioning days when Grandal's not catching, so this probably looks like what? Everybody else, five through eight, goes up, or I'm sorry, six through eight goes up a notch, and you put Sebi at the in the eighth spot there. That's probably what that looks like. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if you do it in the eighth spot. So just looking back at last year, um, the player that batted the most in the ninth spot was Sebi Zavala, Carlos Perez, or Reese McGuire. Um, I was just looking up because Andrew Vaughn, uh, how many times he batted? Oh, that when was, you add all those three. guys together, the, yeah. quote, the backup catchers, right? Yeah. Right. I think Se- I yeah. think Sebi was one, um, and then Reese was probably two. Harrison McGuire was three. McGuire was starting an awful lot, too, yeah. it, be it early in the season because of Grandal coming back from the first injury, and then obviously the time he, he missed, uh, that was mostly Zavala because it came after the deadline, if memory serves, but yeah. And then, too, whenever Grandal was in, playing catcher, Harrison was was typically there. Right. So, um, you know, him, him off the team, it just seems like, you know, slot the middle infielder there or, or slot the weak hitting catcher. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see Sebi Zavala getting more at-bats than Elvis Andrews. So, if Elvis Andrews was in, you know, yeah, slide everybody up, basically. Andrew Vaughn hits fifth, Moncada hits sixth, uh, what, Cole Sheets hits seventh, and Elvis Andrews hits eighth. eighth. I, can, I can live with that. Even if you want to flip uh, Andrews uh, to the seventh spot over – the right fielder, I, I'd be fine with that as well just because he was so productive last year. Well, and listen, I mean, I, I think here's the thing. That looks that looks like something to me that would be hard to complain about. Of course, because baseball Twitter is a thing, people will complain about it, uh, <laughs> obviously. Find a way. No, uh, no matter what the lineup is, there will be complaints about it. But I think the point being that it's gonna, it's not going to be that every day. It's going to be changed around. It's going to be moved around. Guys are going to get hot. Guys are going to get cold. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to be just tried out in a different spot. And I think so many people think seeing all those different lineups mean that the manager is searching for something. And and, and certainly when last year, the White Sox spent the entirety of the season searching for their offense. So I get why you would put those two things together in your head. But a lot of the times, they're doing it on purpose. The manager is doing those things on purpose, not because it's like, man, here's something we'll throw at the wall today and hopefully it sticks, but hey, 
things are telling me that this is the best way for us to, to, to win a game today, for us to be productive today. A lot of the times it might look like that, but there's going to be a lot of times where it doesn't. And in some cases, some of these other lineups are things that are set days in advance. Yeah. They know going into a series, okay, game two of this series, I'm going to do this lineup. And I will bring this up. I don't know if we've talked about it on this show yet, but a big theme of spring training was Pedro Grafold does not plan for the entire season. He plans five days at a time in five-day increments. That might change once the regular season starts because as I brought up, it's like, well, if you're doing five games at a time, you're going to break, get in the middle of series. Like, right. series are three games long for usually. Like, you should be doing six games at a time. But <laughs> maybe that will change. We'll see. But um, I think what, Jared, to your point, he might say, all right, we're going to plan for five days, see what happens over the five days, and then that'll begin a new segment. Maybe he does write his lineup for Thursday on Sunday, you know, and, and mm-hmm. sticks to it. A lot of the times in, in, with past managers, that's how they operate it. I mean, that, it's not maybe just a Grafol thing because um, think about a guy who doesn't get a lot of playing time. You know, there would be a situation where Ricky or Tony would go to them and say, well, don't worry, you're playing four days from now so you can get prepared yeah. for that. Or, hey, Jose Abreu, you play every day. We're going to give you an off day on Sunday whether you right. like it or not, and I'm telling you on Wednesday, I guess so. I have enough time to fight you if need be. But um, so, yeah, the, you're right. These things can get set set ahead of time because remember, 162 games. That's 162 lineups. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, and thank you to Marcus uh, Marcos uh, for this comment. Uh, 76 people watching and three likes. Uh, and we have a super chat. Thank you. Uh, our guy Stefan Bardo saying, as long as uh, Lear Garcia isn't batting leadoff, which I agree. Yes, uh, Joey, who doesn't have a mic, wants me to read these comments uh, from Matthew Lucas. I'm fine with whatever except Leary leading off or Leary batting third. Honest, Leary, anywhere but nine is a problem for me. <laughs> Will he make the team? Open competition. We'll see. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, before, Pedro, before Pedro opened his mouth at spring training, I would have said, uh, yeah, slam dunk Leary Garcia is on this team. And that could very well still be the case. But uh, Pedro Grafol, whether it's manager speak or not, uh, Open, opened a window where there is a chance that uh, Leuri has to win himself a job this spring. Hey, did you see who hit a home run today in the game yes. that the White Sox yes. lost? I was going to bring it up for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, game got rained out in the top of the ninth in Arizona, of all places. Wow. Uh, nine to six, White Sox lose. Uh, star performances, Nicholas Padilla had a clean inning with two strikeouts. Matthew Thompson did not give up a hit. He did give up one walk, but also struck out a batter, and as Herb wants me to bring up, there was extra base hits from Yasmani Grandal, and Yoan Makata drove him in. Carlos Perez also hit a double, but Herb's guy, Zach Remillard, with a home run in the seventh <laughs> inning. <laughs> a three-run shot. Three-run home run. <laughs> oh, boy, and I bet it sounded real crisp and clean on 106.1 FM Cleveland. Oh, that's what you weren't even listening to, to, oh. to Len and DJ. No, they weren't. No, it's no White Sox feed. Only, only the radio broadcast were. Uh, wow, you were yeah. listening to, wow. to to Bob Euchre's character from Major League. Yes, yeah. uh, Tom Hamilton. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who he's, who he was with, but uh, Tom Hamilton was there. Uh, anyways, that's gonna do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, nothing too much uh, from the White Sox game, as we didn't know. Uh, we can't visually see what happened. Sounded um, great. Sounded awesome. <laughs> it was great to hear baseball for a little bit. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us and uh, being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow for our Friday show on a Thursday. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Jared Willis. He's our CHGO 
baseball writer covering both the Sox and the Cubs. You can follow him on Twitter at jwillis, wise instead of eyes on Twitter. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us in the chat. And thank you to Joey Spathis for producing the show today and getting that uh, live graphic of the, uh, the lineup out. Oh, of course. I don't think anybody can hear you, Joey, but you're welcome. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.